we're going to do in this moment is what we're calling uh, a Sealer Sunday. And um, you may remember that if you were part of our online church journey, uh, that we did a few of these. How, how many people watched online church as we journeyed through it at one time or another? And we did um, these Sundays that we called Sealer Sundays. And uh, the word Sealer is a word that's um, in, used a lot in the Psalms. It's used a few times in Habakkuk. And it's one of those words that actually nobody really utterly knows the meaning of, the definition of, because it's one of these words that um, you can't translate exactly the Hebrew word into English. And so there's many different thoughts on what it could mean, but for the majority of commentators and, and people, they, they all orbit around this thought that it's to pause, to reflect. And if, if you see it in the book of Psalms, it's often... You know, in the middle of a psalm, Selah. And that could have been a musical pause where people stopped and gave praise to God in that moment. But what we're going to do this morning is to pause and to reflect um, and to look at our journey so far this year as a church in 2022 and the messages and the, the themes and the thoughts that God's been journeying us on. Now, 2021 um, was again a strange year off the back of its, you know, equally strange brother 2020. And so as a church community, um, you know, we kept pushing forward with online church and different things, but it was fragmented. And so we stepped into 2022 really with a strong heart, a strong vision, a strong theme. And our first Sunday, we spoke about great expectations. You may remember um, we spoke a message on just looking ahead this year with great expectations. And then in January, we spent time in these 31 days of breakthrough prayer. And uh, some of you go, oh yeah, I remember that. It's it's only a few months ago, but those 31 days of breakthrough prayer, and we spoke on Sunday mornings about this whole thought of breakthrough. Then we went into prayer and fasting in February. And from Vision Sunday at the end of January, we've been in this strong theme of running the race. Um, We've been camped in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to continue to speak on this thought of running uh, the race. So that's been our journey so far this year. But I thought it'd be great just to pause and to look back and to talk about with these four different people about what God has been speaking to them, um, what God's been doing in their life through this season. Because it's amazing how you can preach a message or a theme can be shared or uh, we can go through 31 days of breakthrough prayer and it will look so different for different people. On a, on a given Sunday morning, you could speak one message and the Holy Spirit will translate that message to mean so many different things to different people in their situations. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He knows your need. He knows your situation. And so he takes that very same word and applies it in different ways. And so I thought it'd just be great um, just to pause uh, on this Sunday to do something a little bit different and to hear back from these great people who I haven't told this is how you have to answer, um, just to share from their hearts. Um, not a preach for themselves, but the answers that they have to these questions. So I'm going to start with um, Taffy, for no other reason than I'm just starting with Taffy. And um, without having to share anything too personal, because in all of us we're not looking for you to you know, share the innermost parts of all that God's been doing. But without having to share anything too personal, um, what was it during those 31 days of breakthrough prayer that maybe you saw God do or God spoke into, into your life personally? Um, I think I was, when you said breakthrough, I was reminded of just how I started those 31 days. And um, the first day when you spoke on breakthrough, one of the words that God gave me was that, um, is there anything too hard for me, Taffy? And 
I was in a season where things just looked very different for me. And I was juggling two worlds at the same time with two different time zones. And I just was overwhelmed. And things just hadn't happened the way that I expected them to happen or in the time frame that I wanted them to happen. And and when we started that, I thought, okay, this is great, but I, I don't think I'm going to be able to partake in these three times a day. But I'm going to give it my best shot because my three times a day were like 9 p.m., then 2 a.m., then 5 a.m. because of my working schedule. So I was like, great guys who are praying three times a day. That is great. But I had such a conviction in my heart as I went through it and I got used to my schedule. And God was like, are you expecting great things to happen? And I said, wow, God. And he started to speak to me through the nights when I was working. And each time, like I didn't even have to set an alarm, but he would be like, okay, pray. Pray for breakthrough over your family. Pray for breakthrough over your own life. Pray for breakthrough over different situations. And as he kept speaking, there were things that he would have me pray for. And as I was praying for those things, I would begin to see breakthrough in that. And again, God was just reminding me and he said, Taffy, I'm so personal. I'm such a personal God. Even when your world feels like it's turned upside down, I'm so personal and I'll meet you where you're at in that season. So for me, that was something that was really big that I saw happen in that time. Yeah. Nimi, um, we spoke about this phrase on a Sunday morning that... Um, breakthrough sometimes happens in you or to you before it happens around you. Um, share, share your thoughts on that. Do you, do you have personal experience of that? Yeah, thanks, Pastor Steve. Um, for me, I I think my my belief today is built on on that particular phrase that breakthrough happens in you first before it happens around you. And my understanding of that phrase is the encounter. What defines your belief? What gives you hope for tomorrow? Do you understand? And when you have that experience with God, it gives you a word that you can hold on to family. So when situations look seemingly rough, situations look seemingly tough, you remember that word. And sometimes you have to take that word back to God and say, God, this was the word you gave to me when I had that experience. And that's why breakthrough happens in you. I'll, I'll just share personal experience as well. Um, Pastor, do we have a time limit so I don't know what I should? Um, <laughs> you probably want to stop around four-hour mark. Um, but okay, the, okay. The, people uh, will, the people will tell you with their feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's when you walk, look around and like no one sat there, you'll probably think, <laughs> I've probably gone over the mark. But okay, okay. I'll try and summarize real quick. Oh, um, before I came to the UK, um, and today today's so special to me because um, it's Mother's um, Sunday and I lost my mom 2018. Probably maybe that's why my voice is kind of shaking and everything, but it's all good. I lost my mom 2018. And the first experience I had with my mom um, when she passed, because I was really sure we were really, really close. And so that's, I actually went through a depression that period. At the time I was just about, how many months, Jess? About three months there about, yeah. And my mom passed August. So it was a dream. And in that dream, I had gotten my visa to the US. Sorry, to the UK, not to US. US, live my head out, UK, yeah. So I got my visa to the UK, and situations came. I had no money for tickets in that dream. So I walked up to my mom. Actually, my mom, my mom came to me in the dream, and she gave me from her business money, because she was a businesswoman before she passed, and she gave me her last money. It was about 500,000 naira, which is about 800 pounds thereabout, if I'm right. 
and she gave it to me, and that was my ticket to the UK. At that moment, I knew UK was a certainty. But coming to the UK, I applied to, for my schooling and everything. Then the roadblock came, financial crisis. It was everything that, everything that I seemed that I had planned, that looked as if it was going to just happen, just replicate itself, was just falling apart, falling apart. And I remember that night, Jess and Tama had slept. I went into the room and I cried. It was 1 a.m. I cried to God. I cried out like, God, this was your word you gave to me through my mom in the dream. And that was a breakthrough that happened in me. And God, if this your word is true, let it come to pass. And trust me, God came through the next day. I'm not exaggerating. God came through the next day. And the testimony is even in the building, but we'll keep that for another day. <laughs> Do you understand? So that was, and that, and that is it, because the word God gave to me through that dream was a breakthrough that happened in me. And today you can see the breakthrough happening around me, right? Yeah. I'm in the UK. Yeah. This is the breakthrough <laughs> happening around me. And it's, it's just so beautiful because I never pictured myself even sitting among great people like this and having this conversation probably five years back. But God had a plan for me. Yeah. And he had to make that breakthrough first happen within me. Give me that word. Give me that encounter and that experience. And he's bringing the breakthrough around me to pass. Praise the Lord. Love that, Nemi. Lucy, as, as part of our, our thoughts and breakthrough, we spoke about um, persistent prayer. And we talked about the fact that sometimes um, you're praying and you can't see anything happening, but we know stuff's happening in the unseen. Um, Tell us, how and why do you pray when nothing seems to be changing in the natural? Quite so hard, wasn't it? And to keep praying... Well, I thought you were the most intellectual out of them yeah. all, so I was like... Uh-uh. <laughs> not um, I guess it's, like, through personal experience, really. It's, like, when there's... I had to write some notes because my memory is terrible, sorry. Um, like when there's no change in a situation, um, just when life happens, like grandma was diagnosed with dementia and I was looking after her and I was by myself. So I know what it's like to be in a hospital room, receive a diagnosis, which is this is it, nothing's going to change. Or being diagnosed with chronic pain and thinking, what is the point of going on? If this is how life is going to be, what is the point? knowing when um, praying in faith for a friend and then they die mm. and how that shakes your faith to pray for the future so praying continuing to pray in faith it's like okay this God business God is God or he's not mm. otherwise what's the point what's the point in doing this and coming it's not a social club it's about spiritual it's about eternity um, so there's kind of like practical things like I can remember sometimes when you, you believe that God is there but the words won't come and sometimes I can remember in the hospital just, just crying the name of Jesus when you just say the name of Jesus brings him into your situation even if that's all you can do but, uh, put on worship music getting yourself into hearing um hearing the truth when you can't find it for yourself, and then getting your praise on, getting the worship and declaring God's truth about that situation even when you don't see it. And there's a song that we sing about like God being a way maker. 
even when I can't see it, even when I can't feel it, you know, he's still working, he is still working. And sometimes, like when you're praying in faith, sometimes it's a no, my friend died. And I don't get that, I don't understand that, I won't know, I won't know until heaven. Yeah. But sometimes it's not yet, <laughs> and patience, oh, don't you hate patience? <laughs> Um, not yet, and then you, you stand in faith and you keep praying because that's what we're called to do, and then um, sometimes it's a yes, you know, but, but you, you stand in it. Oh, sorry, my phone has gone off. I think I had some, and I can't even remember my code now. <laughs> Don't you just love technology? I so suck at this. Um, Okay, so, and, and the point is that you choose to believe, you make a choice to believe um, that God has got this and that he's got the situation and me, even if I don't get it, I don't understand it, that we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, or one that always comes to hit me in the face and to stop me is be still and know that I'm God. And it's be still, like, shut up, Lucy. Stop running around like a headless chicken. Stop looking in all other directions. Just be still and know that I'm God. Like the, um, the Passion Translation says, surrender your anxiety. Be still and realize that I'm God. I am your provider. I am your healer. I'm your comfort. I'm your wisdom. I'm your peace. Um, I'm your light in the darkness. There's, yeah, oh, so many things. Spending time with God. Praising, getting your praise on, even in the, even in the mess, getting your praise on. And I learned from some of my Nigerian friends the way that they pray. And they pray in thanksgiving. And it's what happens in you when you do this. You start thanking God for the outcome. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your peace. God, I thank you. Um, say, friends and family who are not interested in God or continue to head bad decisions and you know that they're hurting themselves and other people it's just like okay god i just thank you god for healing in their lives i thank you god that they will find you i thank you for the day i can stand in church with them and praise you and you just keep standing and you and you're thanking god for the promise you're speaking it into existence um taken into consideration yes no maybe wait all that kind of stuff um i look into the word as well into the stories of his faithfulness. That's always encouraging. Remembering what God's already brought me through. Um, and surround yourself with God friends who can stand with you. Thank you for being so real. Thank you. And um, trust, like you say, trusting that yeah. God is God and that he's true to his word. Gerard, moving on to the whole thought of running the race. And obviously we started at the end of January. We've continued to be in it. And uh, Mark Ward shared a great thought on knowing what the race is and that our race is about our, our intimate relationship with God first and foremost. It's a lifestyle of worship. There's so many distractions in life, daily distractions, big things, small things. How do we remain focused on what the race is all about? Thanks. I think that's... Uh uh, I'm glad you chose me as the most athletic <laughs> in this group. <laughs> um, naturally. And naturally known how to stay focused. But um, <coughs> I think there's a lot to be said about um, 
our motivation at this at this time. So it's uh, oftentimes it can be uh, not necessarily not necessarily going through something uh, traumatic, tragic, um, but just staying focused in the everyday. Just things are going quite well, actually. The, you know, and I've got some good friends. We, we're I don't know. We're going fishing, or we're doing something. Something's um, become a little bit more important than God. And I think it's the the question you have to ask yourself, and it's a personal kind of question: is what is your motivation? And I think Taffy or, or one of you guys have said it that unless we actually grab hold of God and say, "This is what I'm going to do wholeheartedly," what we end up doing is fairly is fairly rubbish. You know, just to come to church to be here in the club isn't necessarily good enough. There's so much more that God mm-hmm. wants to do. And the enemy would work in your life and just just cause a whole lot of theft, destruction in your life that unless you unless you decide to grab hold of what what God wants for you or what, what you need to do in God. Um, and so so my first point is making that decision. How to mm-hmm. how to not be distracted is to decide. And like many good athletes know Although they have it easy, if they're training for the Olympics, they know in four years' time they're going to have this race and everything counts. Mm-hmm. But for us, we have 80 years, 80 plus years to, to run this race. And we're going to have highs and lows and things are going to remind us of God and remove us from God. But it's, it's at these times when we we reminded of God just in, in passing that, that we should really contemplate and, and think about it and go, hang on, is this what I want? And then and then chase after it. So I think distractions do come. Things that we could do uh, just in a practical sense is being part of church. But how often are, I don't know, speaking from a guy, how often am I just in church, but I'm not worshipping God? I'm not, I'm not seeking him out. And I think it's, uh, yeah, really over, over that time of breakthrough and, and over these sessions, especially when he was speaking about that, that life of worship and that life of just inviting God into your every day. Yeah, and, and putting him first before going, you know, going out for a work stew or, or you know, going to hang out with some friends at a pub or something like that, but put God first. And then you can do all these things. It's not an issue, but seeking God first with all your heart, mm. I think, is the... So an issue of priorities, really. Yeah, it's it, all about priorities, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we've spoken about some of uh, the weights and some of the stuff that entangles us, and we said over and over again that those things can weigh us down or slow us in the race that we're running. Um, and we've looked at a few different ones. Let me just pick on, on a few. We've talked about pride. Um, and, and we made this statement, I've written it down here, that when pride causes us to think too much of ourselves, offence is never very far away. Lu- Lucy, let me ask you, in your experience, um, what helps keep us from being offended? Um, being, I think humble before God and remembering grace and forgiveness because people can offend you intentionally or unintentionally but it's remembering about Jesus and like as God followers we're called to follow him and what he did and um, there's it's a psalm which is oh no it wasn't it was a Sunday school song I remember which is uh, keep a guard <laughs> Over my mouth, O oh Lord, keep watch, tick tock over the door of my heart. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, something like that. And it was just remembering to stop 
um, before you say or do something when you're faced with something like that. And in whatever situation that is, it can be in work, in your family. Your family quite know how to poke you, don't they? Um, and um, it can be in church too. You can be offended by people in church, intentionally or unintentionally. And it's just all about God's grace and letting go and forgiving. Um, keeping check of your heart motives. Was there anything in, in your heart? Was there anything that you did that wasn't right? And um, in another one of the Psalms, when, when David is saying, God, just search me. Is there anything in me that's not right? Bring it to the surface. Help me deal with it. Um, and, oh, oh what is it? it? Oh, the Passion Translation. It's like, God, it's um, Psalm 139, if you want to look at it. And it's, it's just verse 23 and 24. It's God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through and find everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain in me that I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. And just keep bringing everything back to God and, um, like I said, just forgive and love with God's love. I love that because what you've, what you've really said there is we've got to be proactive. You know, so much about offence... Um, we don't really deal with it, and so it just grows and grows in our life because, again, any, any seed will bear a harvest in the long run. And so often with offence, we don't deal with it. But what I love about what you're saying, Lucy, is it's, it's proactive. It's almost like, God, search me. Because sometimes there's offence that we're carrying that we don't even realise that yeah. we're carrying. It's just built up and built up in mm-hmm. our life. So being proactive in our hearts, that, that guard the heart, searching the heart for anything that we might be, be carrying. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lucy. Um, Nimi, we spoke about anger, and I know just from conversation that you got a lot from that. Not because Nimi's an angry man, because he's not. He's one of the most gentle people you can meet. But I don't want it to sound wrong in that moment. But I know that we had conversations. Actually, um, a lot of the, the message that I shared on that Sunday came off the back of a conversation we were having in the week. Again, not because uh, Nimi's got anger issues, um, but because we were working through a study together. And uh, on that Sunday, we spoke about the fact that. Um, Jesus got angry and yet did not sin. And we really got rid of this whole thought that Jesus was never angry. No, Jesus got angry, but he never sinned. Um, now, in, in, in the Word, Paul talks about, um, you know, this whole thought of in your anger, do not sin. James says, be slow to anger. So how do we make sure that any anger that we feel doesn't turn sinful? Can someone distract Jess, please? <laughs> she, she's taking notes and she's like, <laughs> Wednesday afternoon, Nimi said this. <laughs> okay, um, the beautiful thing about anger is I used to deceive myself that I wasn't in this category. But I remember when you, when you, when you mentioned the four M's of anger, trust me, I saw myself that day. I was sat here, I remember, I wasn't the maniac, no. I wasn't the matter, and sure, I wasn't the manipulator. But I think I've given, given myself away. I was the mute. So with me, I think it was it's probably part of my growing up as well. The way I used to deal with situations then was just keep quiet and just walk away from the situation. But I got to find out that I was bottling things up. And trust me, that is, is worse than reacting to the situation. Because when you explode... It's going to be like a bomb. <laughs> and I'm going to take things along with you as well. 
So it's um, that topic meant so much to me. And when, when the Bible talks about anger, one thing I want us to know that anger is not bad, in quotes. It's a God-given emotion. And if you look at how Jesus Christ of God responded to anger or expressed anger, he expressed it especially, not even especially, only towards sin. So as Christians, one way we are meant to express anger is towards sin. And not expressing it in such a way that it becomes sinful as well. So I'm going to get to that point as well. So I remember Pastor Steve actually even pointing out that one way we can, we can express our anger when you see something sinful is to go, go on and pray. If someone upsets you, pray for the person. Not that you see the person tomorrow, you walk past the person. Or you start keeping malice. She's smiling. <laughs> so that that's one that's one way. And and you know James James one nineteen gives 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 it all out. How to deal with anger. Timing. Very vital. And this is what I did not know. I felt oh, I was handling anger the best way. Um I and Jess okay, sorry, I shouldn't go to personal, but I'll go personal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed. I, I, sorry, Jess. I and Jess have a little misunderstanding, and what happens? I go mute. And the worst part was, it goes on probably day one, day two, day three, day four. Then you tell yourself, are you being stupid? Then you sort it out. But you sort it out, you don't sort it out properly. So timing is very vital. And you look at, if you even look at the, the word, it said quick. Quick, it's a characteristic of time. Be quick to listen. Slow, another characteristic of time. Be slow to what? Respond. Or be slow to anger as well. So all those are, it shows that timing is very, very vital. And also, one thing I've come to appreciate about timing as well and dealing with anger the right way is God teaches us in his word exactly what we should do. And I'll, I'll give an example as well. Um, sometime this week, uh, two examples, sorry. I'll take a little bit of time. Sometime this week, I was ironing. Um, Jess is about to laugh now. She's laughing. <laughs> I was ironing um, like um, a sweat, not, not a sweat top, um, this um, dry fit shirt, like um, a basketball dry fit shirt. And all of a sudden, something happened. It got burnt. And <laughs> my immediate response... You were ironing. Something happened. Something happened. Something happened. happened. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> Let's not go into details. <laughs> Something happened and it got burnt. And it got burnt towards the chest region. So my immediate reaction was I was pissed off, I was upset, and was to bin the shirt. But in that whole moment, I just threw the shirt aside first and foremost. Then the building about time, while I was in that moment, I was reflecting, reflecting. And it dawned on me that I could actually still use that shirt as an inner shirt from a basketball shirt. And no one will know that it was burnt on the chest. <laughs> Do you understand? And it's, it, but the point I'm trying to make is, with anger, I would have just been it. That's wastage. That is destruction. But with allowing time to process, time to go by, the Spirit of God comes, ministers to you, and tells you how to deal with the situation appropriately. What happens? You take a proper decision. But when you don't allow that time, and you just react then something negative is going to happen. Trust me, something negative is going to happen. And when you say Jesus 
sinned. Sorry, Jesus did not sin. When he said Jesus was angry, but he did not sin, it also goes to show the way, the aftermath of his anger. How did it deal? It did not stop him from also healing the sick. It didn't stop him from doing what he was primarily meant to do on earth. But sometimes, the way I have dealt with anger sometimes, I'm not going to say the way we deal with anger. The way I've dealt with anger was, what happens? You go mute, you go, um, you, you, you keep malice, in quotes. Do you understand? And that's where the sin creeps in. Mm-hmm. So anger in itself, it's, not, it's an emotion. It's an emotion, God-given emotion. And I want us to also take this home that God has given us anger for us to express towards sin. You see something that is distasteful, that you know is distasteful in sight of God, what do you do? You go in and you pray. You go in and pray. You bless that person as well. Not for you to see that person tomorrow and you walk past the person because of person's orientation or, or what have you. So that, that's it for me. Um, I, God is helping me. It's, I'm not there yet because even this morning something happened again. So, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll We're share all that. on a journey. <laughs> We're all on a journey, aren't we? Absolutely. Those are great thoughts, Nimi. Thank you. Gerard, we spoke about worry. And uh, we use that, that phrase, worry weighs a person down, a verse. And um, you're very gracious to let us, uh, where's Daniel? He's around somewhere, bombarding with bricks. And you, some of you who were here will remember the message that he walked around with a rucksack of bricks and then he fell over, poor thing. Um, <laughs> but the whole idea was that these bricks represented the weight of different worries. And um, worry weighs a person down. How, how can we, in, you know, in your opinion, in a world where worry seems to be all around and the world constantly bombards us with, with fear. Um, and you know, even this week, there'd be so many things that have been written about why we should worry. How do we remain in a place of peace and not worrying? Uh, I think the one word answer is probably trust. You know, do we trust God? And out of that, I think, has to come our relationship. But I think... So, so Jesus is, is sharing that parable um, about um, don't worry about things. Look at how he clothes birds or, or, or the plants. Uh, um, the flowers are clothed so beautifully. The birds don't worry about anything, yet they go find food. And I think it's do we, do we trust that God's actually going to do that for us yeah. when we go in through, uh, through something that's causing us to worry? And I'd, I tend to just waited out uh, I kind of remi- I, I appreciate that everything that I'm going through people have either gone through before this isn't the first time it's ever happening or th- they will it, it will it will pass no, no matter what it is and the the best thing would be is if it passes and you know you, you end up in heaven well uh, that's not that bad either so <laughs> I think I, I think I do take quite a light light-hearted approach to to some of the, the anxieties and the worries that come along. But I don't, I don't invest a lot of time because I trust God. And I think you, you, by going through, and we've all had worries, we've all had issues that we've gone through, and we've, we've come through it, and we can see God's hand in it. But do we ever remember that in your new worry? And it's like, God got me through this thing before, God's always been here for me before. And it's about trying to, to look back and just remembering God got you through that. The, the world would just want to throw so many things at you. I don't tend to worry um, about, about things that I can't change. You know, let's say I can be concerned about the war in Ukraine, 
but I can't worry about it because it's not going to change anything. On the flip side, I can worry about my assignments I've got to hand in at the end of uh, the beginning of May. Um, you know, I've got to do something about that. So that worry is going to to get me to to action. It's going to to overcome the procrastination and and make something happen. So you know, there's there's good in that. And the flip side uh, of this uh, worry is that he also he, Jesus also says, I think it's Jesus saying. With all your worries, take it to God with prayer and supplication. And uh, I find that people's, my spiritual growth, let alone people, my spiritual growth comes through hard times. You know, that's when you, all of a sudden, you know, you're praying every other day and it's just, you know, a nice prayer to God. And, you know, maybe he answers, maybe he doesn't, maybe I care, maybe I don't. But then you, something happens and you need to pray. And that worry, that struggle, that pressure, that, that period that, that builds your faith. We mustn't try to run away from those things. These things are what makes, makes it so precious to us. And I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know if there's a verse about it, but I think it, God gave me a word about how he collects our tears. God's so passionate about your tears. You know, he loves you when you're struggling through things. And um, it was just a... a, a a word to me that carries me through these times that we go through when they are hard, but then my my faith and my love towards God and my, you know, you just, you, you need help from something that's so much bigger than you. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think I'll leave it there. Trust. That's what I could say. Thank you. Trust. Um, we spoke from, on jealousy, Taffy, and we, we made this statement, but jealousy is the pain of thinking we need what someone else has in order to be fully satisfied. Jealousy is the pain of thinking we need what someone else has in order to be fully satisfied. Share some thoughts on that. Um, when I saw this question, I thought, mm, I could have gotten every other question but this question. I don't understand why I have this question. Um, and then I was, like, I was like, God, no, I'm not really a jealous person. And I think on my journey, it's always been when I found myself feeling jealous or coveting something I'd always be like okay something's not balanced in my life I need more of Jesus because if I have Jesus in me I'm fulfilled but I went back to my notes and I read the first thing that really stood out for me and it said jealousy has two ugly sisters offense and discontent and I thought okay all right, I have something to say about that. And um, it wasn't so much on the offense side of things, but it was the discontent. And um, I've, been, I've been having to be very proactive in this season to be content in where I'm at and what is happening. And it, it hasn't been easy. It's, been, it's actually been really hard. And one of the things that happened, like coming back, it was great. I saw everyone. And then after a while, you're like, yep, okay, it's time. Usually it's like, yeah, four weeks, you know, five weeks. Okay, it's time for me to go back. Nothing is happening. And I'm like, okay. Sorry, Tammy, just to clarify when you say go back, just some people <laughs> oh, may go not back. know what. I am a missionary in Papua New Guinea. So um, I had come back home and I was visiting and it had been a while since I'd come back and I was sorting out my passport and I thought, you know, in, in, in a month's time, two months maximum, everything will be sorted. No, that did not happen. Um, so here I am sitting going, okay, all right. 
And I could live in my future of wanting to be in Papua New Guinea, or I could be present where I am right now. And I remember God really specifically teaching me about be present where you're at. But even in learning to be present where I was at, I was still working and contributing in what was happening in Papua New Guinea. And that's when, like at the beginning, I was talking about living in two worlds that I love dearly. I love being home. I love my home church. I love my family. But I have another family that's in Papua New Guinea that I love, that I'm invested in. And while I was here, it was about how do I be content with what's happening in my life? And one of the things I had to be proactive about was I actually just during our prayer time, I, um, and then it went on for a little bit longer. I actually went off social media because I was like, social media is not helping me because it seems like everybody else is moving on with their lives and I'm very stagnant and nothing seems to be happening. And I thought, no, that's, that's things that are not feeding well into my life. And another thing, because then I, I just saw myself just, because you have lots of time, and I had time, and I was, and then I just like, it's not doing well to my heart, and it's not doing well to my spirit, and I'm living in something that I'm not present in right now, mm-hmm. and one of the things I had to be proactive in, I was like, I need the word of God in my life, I need to be reminded who God is, mm-hmm. I need to be reminded of the journey that God has taken people in, and I need to be reminded of his character, that he is good, that he is loving, that he is mm-hmm. faithful, that even in the season I am in, I can still flourish. And it's been six months now. I'm still waiting. I am still joyful. I am still enjoying the season that I'm in. And every day I had to choose to wake up and be thankful and say, God, I am thankful I get to be with my family. I am thankful I get to see my parents. I'm thankful I get to see my brand new niece come into the world, you know. I'm thankful that I'm with my brothers, you know, my brother and my sister-in-law. I'm thankful that I'm with my family church. And thankfulness, thankfulness, thankfulness. And then even when I was working in Papua New Guinea and doing the stuff, there's certain things I wouldn't want to be hands-on with. But I said, God, I'm thankful that I even get time to be a part of what is happening there, even if it's in a short little space. So, um, yeah, jealousy was like, yep, yep, Gratitude. I had that. Gratitude, Gratitude really was how I overcame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And rumor has it there's people within this congregation who are praying against your passport coming through. But, um <laughs> But that's why you need to, to wage spiritual warfare. And, uh, and I'm standing with you. It's, it's a bit like when Taffy first went out. Um, I think even you believed this somewhere. But yeah. um, she said, oh, I'm, I'm going for six months and coming back. And, uh, and everyone was like, oh, okay, Taffy's going for six months and coming back. Okay. And uh, so we prayed her out and everything. And then um, I think we had a conversation. You said, oh, I really feel God's... I said, yeah, yeah, well, of course. We, you were never going out for six months. God always... She was like... How did you know? It was like, because it was clear what God had said. And so people would come to us and say, oh, Taffy's staying out. Yeah, yeah, that was always God's plan. That was always what, how could no one see this? And so um, you will get your passport and we will, this spiritual warfare against the people who are praying against you getting your passport. No, it's, we, we love you, Taffy. And what I love is that in this season, um, you're just sowing your life into um, the local church. And um, because for you, it isn't, I'm on ministry when yeah. I'm a vet. Ministry is your life. Yeah. So, yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Lucy, we'll, en- we'll end on this. And um, we spoke last week about response and um, how our response in the race can affect so much and it can position us in a good place or a bad place. And we looked at a number of different um, responses, but one of the responses we talked about is our response 
um, to our enemies, what the Bible terms our enemies, people who have hurt us, people who have let us down. And Jesus said one of the ways we respond, in fact, a key way we respond, is to pray for them. And uh, that's not easy, um, to pray blessing on those who have hurt you, pray blessing upon those who the Bible says have persecuted you. Um, what's your experience of that, Lucy? And when, when you've chosen to take up that challenge um, in the past, what has God done in your life as a result? I would say, in myself, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Um, and that is where God comes in because it's the Holy Spirit as a God follower. It's the Holy Spirit working in us. And when we, when we come to the end of ourselves and we can't do it, that's where we should do it earlier. But I am a bit stubborn. And it's like, uh, it's coming to God. Um, what did I say? In the natural, there's no way that I could do it. Because um, what rises up is like justice, you know, and you know, how can they get away with it? And, you know, they need to pay. And, um, you know, through like little things to like big things which scar you, you know, for, for most of your life. And angerness, and we spoke before, angerness and bitterness can fester, fester, fester. And you've, you need to get rid of that stuff because, you know, you see an apple, look at an apple, and when it festers, it becomes this big, Squishy mess, you don't want to be that. Um, uh, but I was challenged and I was reminded that of what God had done for me. And to be a follower, when God says, come follow me, that's in all things. You know, this, this thing that we're doing is not just stories back 2,000 years ago. It's, it's real. And if it's not real, then... We're just wasting time. So we choose to believe that it is real. God is real. And so as I say, in myself, I couldn't do it. So having to ask God to help me to do it. And it wasn't, it wasn't a quick thing. Um, I would, it would keep going backwards and forwards. And so it took time. And then one day, I didn't hate him anymore. And that's the Holy Spirit by grace of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit working in you, which does things behind the scenes, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, didn't, didn't hate anymore. And, um, oh, what is it? What did I get out of it? Um, Psalm 23. It's the part when he says, he restores my soul gets me every time I hear that because I know that Jesus has done that made me clean made me whole given me peace joy happy you know I was somebody that was um like life things happened and I, I would internalize it a bit like yourself and it would I'd push it down push it down push it down and but I knew that I was an angry person I might have laughed and stuff but I was an angry person and that's like when we praise and you lift your hands up like my, my I was a fist and but now with God by the grace of God it's my hand is open and there is um um there's a part of a song God always gets me through songs um it was one that I'd um and forgiveness sorry I'll go back to this about the forgiveness thing um it sets you free it's freedom and 
like personally, um, there was like one of my stepdads, he's passed on, but I'm free from everything that happened. You know, that I'm, I'm whole, if that makes sense. And I'm free from all the, the stuff that, that kind of, that, that can, comes with that. Um, but another one was a work colleague who just, re- I was a baby Christian and he really got on my nerves. <laughs> Not just a little bit. And, um, and we were asked to, to invite people to this um, evangelistic kind of outreach thing. And I invited all the staff, and, and then and again, God was poking me, you know, invite, invite this guy. And I was like, no, he, just, he, he won't make a good Christian. <laughs> Isn't that like you, you look at people and you think, oh, they'll be great, they'll be fantastic. But he just, oh, dear me. And then I um, invited everybody. He was the only one that turned up, and because um, like, we were working in a theatre and very rarely does the, the health and safety, the fire inspectors turn up. It really doesn't happen that often. It happened that night and he just went ballistic, swearing at me, you know, a bunch of hypocrites, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then praying for him and then he came to, it was, a, it was a production that was being put on at different places and he came, was saved. We ended up singing in a worship team together. We both couldn't believe it. We really couldn't believe it. <laughs> and we were holding hands, like, thinking, you know, what God can do. And then he became a missionary. And he's, like, he set up so many, like, um, worked with um, the orphanages in India, but did loads of kind of stuff. And you just never know. Like, when you forgive people, sometimes it might not be that you see them. It might not be safe to do that. Um, but you get freedom. But then other things, God just blows your mind with his goodness and how he can change you, can change them, but may, you know, change you. Brilliant yeah. testimony to end on. Thank you very much. Now let's give these guys a round of applause so you can take your seat. Brilliant. Well, what we want to do in this moment is to, um, to share communion together. And the, the reason I want to do this is because, you know, there's, there's something about communion, um, which in its very nature is to pause to reflect and to look back Jesus when he was um, sharing with his disciples and we're about to um, there's communion on the tables that you can grab we're about to take um, the bread representing his body broken for us the juice that's going to be representing does represent his blood spilled for us and and Jesus said do this in remembrance of me there's something very powerful of we know about communion, but about the remembrance part, the sealer part, the reflected. And what I want us to do today, we're going to in a moment um, put on a, a song that actually we put on uh, a while back in, in the autumn uh, once when we took communion. And it's just so powerful, the words. And I want us in this moment to reflect and as we hear the lyrics of the word, but not to be drawn into the video and because that's just going to be on in the background. But what I want you to do is really to personally pause and reflect. What has God been speaking to you? Maybe even through something that's been shared this morning, over this time, over this season, that maybe when it was shared on a Sunday morning, you just pushed it down. Or in that time of breakthrough prayer in January, God was just saying something over and over and over again. And January's gone and you've kind of got to March and you're just getting on with life. But the Holy Spirit's been saying to you, this, no, no, remember, Remember what I was communicating to you in January. Remember what I was saying. But maybe it was in your time of prayer and fasting. You made a commitment in that time of fasting to God, I'm not going to do this anymore. God, I want this for my life. And time's drifted on. And I really felt this morning to just pause and for us individually as we take communion to say, God, what is it 
but maybe you're speaking to me in this moment but maybe you've been speaking over the last three months I've been trying to avoid it I've taken hold of it and forgotten it again or even just this morning but the Holy Spirit's been saying something to you and as we take communion and as we remember what Jesus did for us let the Holy Spirit speak to your life it doesn't matter that you're sat around make this a personal moment for you you know you may need to close your eyes just remove every distraction just for these next five minutes and as you take communion see what the Holy Spirit speaking into your life and then Taffy's going to come and just pray and just pray into different areas as the Holy Spirit leads her that we're just going to believe for healing to take place in this room today physically mentally emotionally spiritually and Taffy, I've just said, just give him free reign. Just, just begin to pray as the Holy Spirit leads you into different areas. And then what we're going to do is uh, we're going to stop and have some more pastries. If you've got kids, please go and um, get your kids from Kids Church. But stick around, get some pastries and some drink. But if you have a specific need, you say, I, I, I need breakthrough, I need prayer. We're going to invite you, just as people are, are milling around, just to come and we're going to pray for you. And we're just going to believe for, for freedom in those areas of your life. Um, because this isn't something that we wanted to do. Hey, just sit around tables and do it. This is something that we're doing with purpose and meaning. So in this moment, let me just pray. And then we're going to take communion. The video is going to play. And let the Holy Spirit speak into your life this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come and minister, we pray, to your people in these moments. In these next 5, 10, 15 minutes, Holy Spirit, would you be free to minister to us Holy Spirit we thank you in advance for healing for restoration for you doing surgery within us in, our, in the spirit of who we are so Holy Spirit we hand this moment to you and we say just move in our midst move in this moment in our lives we pray let's take communion